Well, so glad you guys are here this morning at Believers Church. Welcome to everybody in the live stream. So grateful to be in your living room. Feel honored to be sharing this time with you. Just feel so confident. So confident God wants to help us just enjoy our sonship more today. So I'm going to go ahead and just jump into, you know, of course, it's just good to remember, you know, we're talking about living the lifestyle of Jesus. One of the things that Jesus said was it's better to give away stuff than to get stuff, which which if you if you've done enough gift giving, you know that that's true. So if if you just want to sense that you don't have to give your money to believers church, but give it to somebody, just give it away. And the ways you can do that for Believers Church, you know, you can do it online, text, go to the app, Church Center, or use these strange things called checks and cash at the doors. You go out, there's stuff on the tables where you can give on your way out. But I want to, I want to encourage you strongly to enter that discipline. I find the more I give, the less afraid I am of not having stuff. It works the complete opposite. If you try to hoard it, you just get scared about it. But the more I give, the more I realize I can trust God because he keeps on trusting me with stuff. Okay. So we have been talking about what do I want? It's the story, right? We're constantly confronted with our advertisements that what I really want is the new kind of toothpaste because I'll have an amazing girlfriend if I do. Right? Uh, it's just dealing with our desires every moment, it seems like, through our advertising industry. And so, you know, we spent weeks talking about what we, we think we actually want is actually Jesus' life. That Jesus lived in the flesh demonstrating to us what it looks like to be fully human. And that that we want to live that life that Jesus had of unbroken intimacy and fellowship with his Father. The ability to love others sacrificially, to love his enemies. Just, just to live a, an extraordinary life. And that... To have Jesus' life, we also have to live Jesus' lifestyle. It's not like just this automatic thing that we just get downloaded into our brains. And But God wants to allow us to make decisions, to participate with Him, just like Jesus made decisions, whether or not to participate with Jesus. And so Jesus' lifestyle was this, ordering His daily life, just the ordinary driving to and from places, going to work, going to the grocery store, picking up the kids. Ordering daily life around practice of the spiritual disciplines. Discipline is a funny word. Read Hebrews 12 if you know what it's about. Discipline is a sign of sonship. And by that it means training. That God trains us into what it looks like to be a son. And it's not always immediately pleasant. But what it yields is sharing in his lifestyle. It says sharing in his holiness. Righteousness and peace. The reward of it. So these decisions that we get to make that are part of living into our sonship and the Holy Spirit's power. We cannot do this on our own. That's what Paul means by walking in the Spirit. Jesus had to walk in the Spirit. And just like him, we get to do the same. So the first thing in the lifestyle of Jesus, one of the disciplines we've seen is prayer. He did it a lot. And we've done a couple Sundays where we've, we've looked at just kind of these four categories in prayer. They're just... There's like probably, you could come up with 386 categories in prayer if you wanted to. These aren't like absolute, but they're just general stuff we noticed that's helpful that Pete Gregg talks about in a book called How to How to Pray. 
is the, the first thing we can do is we can pause. We can rejoice and be with the Lord. We can ask Him things. Some people call it intercessory prayer. And then we yield. We, we say, you're in charge. We kind of yielded there at the end of the service of saying, oh, you've been faithful. You've been so good. I'll kind of, I'll kind of leave, I'll park on that right now. But what we're going to do now is instead of just talking about this as what you do in one prayer session, which is that is a perfect way to do a prayer session. You can't pray badly, by the way. You can't pray wrong. It's impossible. Just so you know, you can't pray badly. It's, it's like saying, did I have, you know, uh, I don't know, a bad interaction with my dad? I guess you could say that. I guess you could say that. But with your father in heaven, if you're just showing up at all and barely paying attention, he's thrilled. It says, his goodness and love will chase after us, Psalm 23 says. So, but what we're going to talk about today is particularly the pause. The pause that there's... There's, there's entire just prayer that you do that all you can do is just pause. And that's all you do in your time being with the Father. And there's lots of different uh, terms that have been used for that. Some people talk about meditation, which is just focusing on Jesus or the scriptures. Or, or, or contemplation, which is trying to just kind of, just only Jesus and, and, and not get owned by my inner world of crazy, right? Um, but but we're going to talk about just a little bit of it and try to get some facility in it here in the next few weeks. And so the thing we can see in Jesus' life, Jesus, one of the reasons we want to pause is because Jesus did a lot. You know, Jesus had a pretty demanding goal, save the universe, <laughs> right? And so, but what's crazy is Jesus paused a lot. He spends, he starts his whole ministry, 40 days alone in the wilderness, fasting, being tempted, and his prayer through those temptations are scriptures that he's memorized. In other words, he's meditated on. We see that Jesus tells his followers to pray in secrecy. Jesus often went up on in places alone to pray, to pause, to get away. Jesus went to a desolate place to be alone in the midst of a busy schedule. Public ministry and many needs. He walked right out of the crowd and said, you know, I got to pause. Jesus went on a mountaintop to pray and one time prayed all night. Had to be with the Father all night. One time was working through grief. Another time he's, he's, he knew he had a huge decision to make. Who are the main guys I'm going to invest in? These, these 12 disciples. He prayed all night by himself. Another time he takes just the disciples up on the mountain. This is this transfiguration where then he literally meets with the Father. But the Father says, here's my beloved son whom I'm well pleased Another times that Jesus calls his disciples, come away, let's pause, let's get out of here and rest. And, and Jesus just seemed had to, he, he seemed to be bad at capitalizing on how famous he was getting. Just at the, just at the wrong moments, he disappeared to be pausing alone with God. So what we're going to talk about for just a few minutes is this, and I'm going to read for you, you know, we've been talking about the P-R-A-Y, kind of you can see that movement in Jesus teaching about prayer um, in Matthew 6. And I'm going to read just the first, actually the intro to the Lord's Prayer from the Message Translation. I love how Eugene Peterson uh, translates slash paraphrases the, the, the language here to kind of bring it home for us. He says, Jesus is Jesus' words talking about how to pray. He says, when you come before God, don't turn that into a theatrical production. 
All these people make a regular show out of their prayers, hoping for stardom. You think God sits in a box seat? Here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God. You'll begin to sense His grace. You know, the world's full of so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. They're full of formulas and programs and advice, peddling techniques for getting what you want from God. Don't fall for that nonsense. This is your Father you're dealing with. And He knows better than you what you need. With a God like this loving you, you can pray very simply. So, we're going to talk about how to pause. And I've invited my two very normal friends, Matt Olson and Cindy Free. Matt's been an elder for us for a long time. Cindy, as you know, is on staff. And one of the reasons I wanted to, to just ask these guys about how they pause with the Lord is, is, yeah, because you're normal. Have you guys ever, like, read prayer things that you're like, yeah, that'd be great, but I can never live that out? Right? The guy who prays 22 and a half hours a day. Right or or can contemplate in the middle of a snowstorm naked, you know, in a in, you know in the cold, you know. I mean, it, just things you can't live out. But what I love about Cindy, Cindy's Cindy's Cindy, this this is kind of a newer experience for you, Matt. I I know Matt. Uh, Matt and I've been running together for about thirty years now, so I know the role. Matt's Matt's a bit hyperactive. I know this because I've known him since he's like nineteen, um, and so pausing I don't think was a natural thing for you at all. Um, uh, but that's what I want to talk about, is how can we as normal everyday people enter into the lifestyle of Jesus, the communion that Jesus had with the Father through praying through this pause. So the question I want to start with for you guys is, uh, why do you pause before you pray? Sure. I'd, I'd like to even go a little bit of the background of how we started into the prayer as well. Um, my p- teachers described me as an active child. Um, <clears throat> I usually had a special seat in and outside of the classroom, specially created just for me. Um, I remember in sixth grade that I was saddened to learn that there was not a playground in junior high um, because I figured, where do you run out all your energy? Um, So I'm an active adult. I like to hike. I camp. I've been scuba diving many times. I like to skydive. Um, Not anymore since I've been married. I've bungee jumped. Um, I used to run a ropes course. I've run a marathon, a triathlon. I'm a cyclist. so sitting in silence and, and stillness is, is, comes very, very naturally to me. <clears throat> Sorry, my mother tongue is sarcasm, so I apologize. Um, but when and we were going through a spiritual formation workbook probably 15 years ago, um, and contemplation was one of the discussion, and rating ourselves from 0 to 10, and I gave myself a 0 because I did not sit in contemplation because silence, stillness, and solitude... Um, was not a part of my life. I was always doing something. I was always going. I was always, my mind was always active. So about 12 years ago, I was introduced um, to a significant betrayal in a relationship that I was, I was working with. Um, and it, I couldn't understand it. I couldn't analyze it. I couldn't think my way out of it or describe my way out of it. Um, and so then I would go basically into the prayer room in the, at, at ORU um, and sit in silence until I was able to be sane enough to go do my job. So that's how I was introduced to um, this pausing aspect of it. 
And so why I pause now before I pray, it's the very foundation of my prayer. Um, it has changed the way I pray because many times when I would pray, I would start to say, Lord, here's what I want, and the Lord would do what he wanted to do instead. Um, and so then I started to change my way to where I would pause, and then there was a situation that would come up, and I would ask the Lord, what would you say about this? And he would either tell me or he wouldn't. Um, and both of those were acceptable responses for me because I had learned how to pause during this betrayal um, in tears, really, um, that the answer was less important than the presence of the Lord. And so I would start to say I engaged the presence of the Lord rather than the voice of the Lord. And through that process now, my foundation of prayer is to just sit and listen if he speaks. And if he doesn't, I'm fine. Um, and so for me, it is part of creating margin. Much of what God was talking about with the tithe, if I wanted more to hoard on to, is what I would naturally want to do. But this is kind of this aspect of saying, I give you my moments. I give you my time. I give you this aspect where I cannot do anything except just sit with you um, and give the Lord. So that's powerful. Cindy, how about you? <laughs> it's kind of funny because this really snuck up on me. You know, when you grow up in church, you really think there's not a lot of new that you could hear. And, you know, on staff, we're exposed, you know, have a great leader here that says, hey, read this, listen to this. And, you know, when he said, we're going to go through celebration of discipline, I was like, oh, kind of a sense of dread, <laughs> honestly. Um, and as I read the book, a line stuck out to me. Uh, the disciplines are a means by which the Lord wants to bless you. And I thought, man, I really want that, but I don't even know what that means. Like, like what does that really mean? And I thought, okay, I've, I want to I try this. I want this. And, you know, God's so gracious when difficult things kind of come our way. He uses those to our good, right? Because he loves us so much. And you know, I have aging parents, I have adult children, I have um, just, you know, a lot of things that you guys have. And I started experiencing a lot of anxiety. And so it came out of that that I, I said, God, you've got to help me. You've got to help me. And if this is a means for me to experience your goodness, show me what, show me how to do this. Because I, it's it's ethereal to me. I get the, you know, I can do the, the what's and the how's and stuff because I'm a concrete thinker. But the why was, was too out there for me. And as I began to experience it on staff things corporately, I really felt the Lord calling me to do that on my own. Well, if you know me, I'm a co-person. You know, been married since I was two and been in youth, you know, I, I don't, I don't do things by myself, really. I mean, that's like, it's true. And I remember sitting with the Lord for the first time it happened. And I was I just sitting and, and experiencing the shift of going from my concrete mind to all the concrete difficulties or frustrations in my life 
and the Lord calling me out of that and taking me from my head to my heart and saying, Cindy, I want you to trust me. Cindy, I've got this. Cindy, I love you. And for some of the first times in my life, I really think I was able to release, release those things and experience his peace instead of going into prayer, anxiously carrying them and never really letting them go. And um, so that's why. But there's still so much more for me to discover because honestly, this is new to me from December. <laughs> and, and in some ways, that's embarrassing to say, but it's true. That's, that's really sweet of you to say that, but I, I got to be honest, for me, in the tradition I grew up, um, it was like the only option for how to pray was just say it louder. Yeah. You know what I mean? Say it louder and more and longer, you know, and, and so the so idea of being quiet. Is, <laughs> thank you, Cindy. I am good at that. Um, but yeah. But here, okay, so now we're starting to do the pause, right? And, and, and so what are some of the obstacles you actually experience saying, yeah, that's a great idea, but how does that actually work out? What's hard about it? I think my first, that I would say that my first obstacle is my distracted mind. Um, I heard one of the most freeing statements that I heard is if you get distracted 200 times in six minutes, don't be frustrated that you got distracted 200 times in six minutes, but be rejoiced that you for 200 times in six minutes came back to center with Jesus to the point where it's this, oh yeah, I did get distracted, but I always came back to, to center. And one of the things that I've incorporated with my prayer time or my pause time is the idea of reflection outside of that. So I don't drive um, with podcasts or music. I just allow my mind to make patterns and think about what I'm doing or what I have to do or just to reflect. I many times will pray the examine um, just to be able to say, what did I do well? What do I need to change? How do I need to plan my day so that when I sit in pause with the Lord in prayer and reflection, that my mind doesn't have to wander through because I've already given it space to do that. Um, and so that's where my distracted mind is probably my, my biggest obstacle. And then my gut response many times, my gut emotion is anger um, and frustration. And so um, for me to be able to um, I'll allow myself to look at injustice or look at frustration or look at um, difficulty um, during that time that I outside of my pause um, to be able to then um, allow myself to sit in silence in the midst of frustration, um, injustice, and chaos um, because there is no solution that I find in this time rather than his presence in that midst of that chaos. So um, if that makes sense. That's good stuff. Cindy, what are your obstacles? Oh, man, everything. Um, yeah, just me in general as a person. I'm not a pauser. I'm a talker. Um, but as I really have sat with the Lord and asked him, why am I 57 and just really beginning to understand this? I felt like the Lord has said, for me, I'm not saying any of you are here, but pride and competency. I'm a, I'm a pretty competent person on my own and um, probably pretty prideful. And so to acknowledge and live out of that 
doesn't really, you know, create space in your life to sit and listen and lean into the Lord in that way. I think also um, growing up in church, you know, we all have baggage. There's all there's all these associations with certain words and the disciplines has that's just been nothing that has ever really been attractive to me, which I know that sounds crazy. I'm just trying to be really honest. But but honestly, it came down to my pride and in, in me just being a competent person. I don't I don't really, you know, I can get by. I can fake it till I make it, you know, just be okay. But I, I, I realized in a lot of instances I was just existing but not living out of the abundance that the Lord wanted for me in 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 helping me to walk out the you know, live just with more peace and less less anxiety. Thank you, Cindy, for your vulnerability. So so we're saying just common obstacles have been well, I just my mind's going distracted mind. And also you're not producing or in control of anything when you're right. being quiet. Right. And so you think, oh, i got to do something. But that it's actually pride that I feel like, well, the world needs me to go fix things. Right. Okay. Right. That's, and I have that a lot. Well, the good news is you can actually, the problem, your problem is that you actually can pull it off. Others of us can't do anything. Nope. And so it's just like we get over it quicker. But, yeah. Okay. We'll ask Lee about that later. <laughs> You know what I'm realizing? All these questions are awful because I'm saying before you pray, pausing is prayer. So I'm only realizing it now that we're recording it, but I just thought I'd say that. <laughs> so how do you, how do you guys actually do the pause? How do we, how do you find it to work for you? Sure. I, I think for me, it's whenever I have a moment when I would, instead of picking up my phone to play a game to waste my time, I would just sit in silence for a moment. And so I get in these breath moments where I just say, I've got two minutes. Great. I'm going to, I'm going to sit and pause for two minutes. Um, and so, and for me, it's, um, I start through the process of, of becoming aware, aware of my surroundings rather than escaping from my surroundings. And so the first thing that I'll do is I'll sit there in silence and I'll become aware of the surroundings. Um, I'll just sit with my eyes closed and I'll, um, hear the, this, the, the subtle hum of the, the air condition or someone's opening a door and what I'll do many times is I'll acknowledge them and then release them. Like I'm sitting, I imagine myself sitting by a, um, a slow-moving, deep river. And I just kind of let them go out in the river and just float away. And so I become very aware of what's going around me, <clears throat> but then releasing them. And then I start to move introspectively that where I start to become aware of my own body, of my feet on the floor, the, the feel of the chair that I'm sitting on and the back of the chair. And then I kind of just kind of test my own body to be able to say how I'm feeling. And as I'm becoming more aware of things, again, I'm acknowledging them and then I'm releasing them. And then as I become external aware, surroundings aware, body aware, and then I become Jesus aware or God aware. And then I just start to be overwhelmed with his presence. And instead of releasing, I embrace that. So I acknowledge, and then I just embrace. And so it comes to me at the point of where it just feels the presence of the Lord around me. And I just go, more. I just want more. And it's not then that I could then go, okay, Lord, I feel that you're here, so now I'm going to ask you things. I just start to sit with him and not care what he has to say. 
Um, yes, I care what the Lord has to say, but it's so secondary. It's almost tertiary. It's the point where it's just, I want to be with him. And so many times what I'll do is I'll have um, a, a prayer journal on one side of, the, of my, my chair and then um, either my phone or um, something that I can take notes on because I'll remember, oh, I've got to do this thing. So I put it down and then I release it. So I acknowledge it and release it. Um, if I have something that I feel like the Lord is telling me, I'll write it down and then I'll release it because really I just want to sit with the Lord, not fixing anything. And when we talk about this process of doing things, people would ask, Hey, what did you spend? You spent 20 minutes in the prayer room. What did the Lord tell you? Nothing. Why do you do it? Because I feel like the Lord, I feel the Lord. Great. What does he do? I, I don't, Nothing then why do you do it? And that's where it's this chaos of, it doesn't make sense to me, um, but it's transforming me, which is powerful. That's really good. Thank you. Matt, how about you, Cindy? How are you doing? <laughs> I was thinking, this is the easiest one for me because it's a how, because it's like a concrete thing. And I, I'm, I'm a horrible sleeper. So at night, sometimes I can wake up for two or three hours. And so when I've started entering into this and saying, okay, God, let's see if you can help me with this. It, it's just been so cool. Last night I woke up at 3 o'clock and said, okay, this is a live, live example. What, how, can I, how can I meet you, Lord? And as I lay there, you know, just asking the Lord to come and meet me. It's that same, it's that same conversation he has with me because my, in my humanity, I think of all the potential problems for me, for my kids, for my parents, for some of you, and think, how can I, how can I fix that? And you can lay awake a long time in the middle of the night trying to think through a lot of stuff for a lot of people, and I've done that for many years. But the Lord came last night and said, okay, Cindy. Once again, I don't want you to fix anything, but I want to convince you that you can trust me. I want to convince you that I love you and that I have good plans for you and everybody who you love. Being a number two, that's important, right, on the Enneagram. I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to keep everybody's life okay, right, so my life can be okay. And it was just so beautiful, um, and I fell right back to sleep. And guys, when I say that's a miracle, that's a miracle. Um, and he just, that's just one example. I feel like this is, um, there's so many different, there's so many different ways, you know, of, that I'm learning how to do this. And I feel like in different settings, he's showing me more and more. And another thing, I'm not a good flyer anymore. I had a really bad flight. Um, some years back, and so I experience a lot of anxiety when I fly, and the very first time, in fact, I was listening to the book, we were coming home, flying home from Alabama, and we had, we were going to start, we were going to start sharing from it, like that Tuesday, and I thought, man, I got to listen to that book, so on the flight, I was listening to it, and I, I just bawled, like, Lee was like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> Like, I hope nobody has seen you, but I just sat in the far seat against the window and just bawled as the Lord 
met me in that anxiety, and I thought, man, I guess there is something to this. So just, I could talk about the how in a million different practical ways, but it's real. It's been really real for me. And that, that's kind of got into what is pausing before prayer done for you. So you're saying even as recent as last night, yeah. you were able to disengage from the, the, the loop of anxiety about people, acknowledge the, I'm going to release this to God, and actually fall asleep. Yeah, and I think it's, I think for me, a good way of saying that is it's going, it's, it's going from my head to my heart, you know? It's amazing how much we live in our head, but do we, and, and, and I think the more competent you feel about yourself, the more you, the easier it is to stay in your head, but to go from your heart and release that to the Lord and believe that you can trust God with all of your stuff and all of your people's stuff. And every day I need to be convinced of that every day. I need to go to the Lord and, and let him remind me that he's got a better plan than me, that he, he, and he knows the hearts of men, he knows my heart, and, and he's going to take care of me. I, I'm realizing it's not something that I can do, that I can come to church once a week and get and leave and live my, live my week successfully out of abundance. I can get it and go and exist for the week, kind of, you know, get by. But if I want to live the abundant life, experience God's goodness, experiencing God's peace, I've got to get it every day. I think for me, con contemplative prayer or pausing um, is the single activity that I've seen the greatest amount of change, that created the great amount of, greatest amount of change in my life. Um, and it's so incremental it's so small the changes that it's almost imperceivable um i think so many times i want the quick fix that it is the oh it's radically different um and you see the immediacy of it but then i also see that 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 same immediacy can create go back um and for me i see this imperceivable just slowly turning to where, for me, probably within nine months, a year of the time, I just kind of like, wow, I, I don't hate people as much when I'm driving. Um, I don't think, I still think they're incompetent, but I, but I'm not such a jerk. Um, and and real again, my, my initial response of emotion is anger, um, and I, my iPad shattered three weeks ago. It was a, such a beautiful moment. Um, and that dropped, and I picked it up. I went back, and I'm like, well, I need a new one. I need to go get it replaced. I had insurance on it, but that was great. But I didn't get mad. And, and I remember talking with my wife going, that's pretty cool. I did not, I didn't yell. I didn't scream. I didn't frustrate. I was like, oh. And, and the only thing that I can see that has created anything of this change is sitting in silence with the Lord where he's done nothing. The greatest change is that I'm sitting with the Lord doing nothing. Um, and it's really what I call engaging the presence of the Lord. Um, so I just sit with the Lord, and I'm like, oh, I'm different. And some of you are like, well, you got a long way to go. Yes, I do. And I think some of my teachers who I grew up with would say, oh, you kind of get excited about 
contemplation, I would have never, ever imagined it with you. Um, so, this is rich stuff, guys. Um, so, what, what, one of the, I'm just going to make a couple comments before we're actually going to practice here together, okay? Um, one is, you know, there, and I'll show you what some of the resources are when we're done, but, uh, that that Cindy has been talking about, um, but some people can get weirded out by this. Like, what are you doing? Some Eastern meditation kind of stuff. And no, look through all, all throughout all of scriptures. The idea of being quiet, you know, in quietness and confidence is your rest, and just creating space for God and God alone is extremely biblical. It's just that the Eastern stuff has stumbled on to God. The way God has made us. Pausing in prayer is probably the most important prayer our culture needs right Come now. On. And it's probably the most difficult prayer our culture can do right now. We are chronically overstimulated. I don't know if there's ever been a time when people can just wake up, roll over, and read the news of India in real time. You know what I mean? It's like we are crazy. We are crazy, guys. We, we are not well, just so you know. I mean, just think about when Jesus and his disciples walking from one city to the other, there was no radio to turn on, right? Just their normal life was just a heck of a lot more quiet than ours in many, many ways. That, you know, they didn't have microwaves. <laughs> you know, that, that, that just life was a different pace, so this wasn't so foreign so we're, we're, we're kind of like on, on the spectrum of, you know, uh, ability to pause. We're way on the way not very good, okay? So it's okay, first of all, if you're bad at it, because we all are, right? Even here, Matt, we talked about this process. I've known Matt for a long time. Matt's been practicing for a long time. That's what we call it, discipline. Discipline's like practicing something. It's like stretching, you know, and, and if you're like me, stretching the hamstrings, not so good, right? But if I keep on doing it, it starts getting better, you know? And that, so that's what we got to learn by just trying this stuff and trying it and seeing how God meets us in it. Uh, trust me, when the Lord is doing incredible things and everybody that I know is at least even just trying and then noticing, I get crazy when I'm quiet. My mind won't go down. Yes, jackpot, you're normal. And Jesus wants you to be able to be at peace and not afraid of your own inner world and have to turn something on to shut it down. Right? You know what I'm saying? Have you ever said, like, this is, I feel bad, music. Even if it's praise and worship music, I'm telling you, oftentimes it's not even helpful. God wants us to meet, to meet us in the silence so the crazy can come up and he can heal it. You go, yeah, that is crazy. Why do you think that? I don't know. I just do, and I can't stop. Son, let me do this with you. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to take four minutes. Awesome. And we're going to go through a pause exercise. And I'm, I'm memorizing what you just said. So you said external, body, internal. Okay? Yeah. All right, very good. You want to coach us to that? Sure, absolutely. we got four minutes. Cool. So it's 1023. Got it. The reason I'm telling you four minutes is because I'm just promising you, I've done this a lot of times, coach people, and we start to panic. Is this ever going to end? I might die here, you know. So why don't you coach us through it? Yeah. 
All right, if you guys would just get into a comfortable seated position um, and just become, close your eyes, just become aware of the situations around you. Um, you hear the people shuffling. You'll probably hear a child crying at some point, and that's okay. You'll hear some coughing and some sneezing, maybe. But just become aware. And when you become aware, just release it. And come back to centering on Jesus. Just sitting with the Lord. Sometimes if I'm having trouble releasing it, I'll, I'll whisper the name Jesus as I breathe out. As you move externally aware, let's start to move into your body aware. Feel the floor underneath your feet. Feel the chair that you're sitting in. Feel the clothing on your body. any part of your body that's sore or hurting. Be able to acknowledge it and release it. Still being aware of your surroundings, even my voice, acknowledge and release. As you become distracted, just come back to Jesus. Now that you're aware of your surroundings and aware of your body and yourself, now let's just become aware of the presence of the Lord around you. Feel the weight of God upon you. The beautiful embrace that He gives you. And open yourself up to receive that love of the Father, the embrace of God. Visualize him hugging you. Feel the warmth of his arms around you. Acknowledge and receive this.
Spirit, you have whispered in our hearts once again, Abba, Father, I'm a son, I'm a daughter, I'm safe, and I'm loved. Excellent. Five and a half minutes. It wasn't as bad as you thought, right? So here's here's a challenge I'm going to issue that we can practice what we're talking about. Um, what if you did this for five minutes every day this week? Just for five minutes. I want to coach you not to do anything heroic. Say, so that was awesome. I'm going for two hours. Don't do that. That's a bad idea. Seriously, it's probably not a very good idea. Just be easy on yourself. And just know the Father's easy on it. He just wants to hang out with us. He's just so excited that he's just to be with. But sometimes we're just so chattery, he can't get a word in. Or just to be together, right? You ever have a, a friend you're with, he's just like, can't we just sit here? Either watch the show or watch the sunset or it's a sign of intimacy when you don't have to talk all the time. So it's just every day for five minutes, just five minutes. Maybe you, maybe you practice this a little bit more. You can do a little bit more on that. Great. Do it. Um, we've got a resources page at bctulsa.com. Just click on resources and it says for the lifestyle of Jesus. The book that Cindy mentioned, Celebration of Discipline, there's a link for that. It's a book that was written in the late 70s. Excellent book, just on different ways we engage with God and disciplines. And he talks, where he talks about this very thing is a chapter on meditation, also solitude and silence. Also, there's another great book in there, How to Pray, A Simple Guide for Normal People. It's Pete Gregg. Fantastic book. And finally, there's also a PDF there that's from the How to Pray resources, just on breath prayer. On, you can just take a what Matt talked about, you know, we, we got to breathe. Why not make it a prayer? Jesus. Jesus. I've found, guys, I, the longer I practice this, have, I've been in conversations, I can tell they're going to go wonky, and I can feel my heart rate going up. But I'll just quietly, Jesus. And I've been practicing to invite him into that moment right there. And I'll notice my emotions don't boss me around like they used to. If you notice it, your emotions shouldn't be bossing you around. That's not maturity for any of us, right? I just had a rah. But this is how we start to live the lifestyle of Jesus so we can live like Jesus and love our enemies who are giving us a hard time. He had to access the Father. <laughs> oh. All right, let's stand together. And uh, Cindy, will you pray over us to finish today's worship service? God, you are so good. And you know each one of us so well. I find such comfort in that. And Lord, I just pray that you would just address each person where they're at today. 
inviting them into the abundant life that you have for them, a life that is filled with your goodness and your peace and your direction and new mercies every day. Pray that each person today could just sense your, sense your eye on them, sense your love for them, and just a desire to just step into this a little bit more. We can't do it on our own. We need you. No matter how competent and capable we are, we need you. Our lives are unmanageable and we need a Savior. What a beautiful thing. So, Lord, we just invite you into our week this week. May we experience you in a new way. And it'll be different for all of us because we're all different, but that's the beauty of it. We love you. We love you. We acknowledge how big you are in our lives. We thank you for this blessing of being a part of this body. (laughs) We thank you for your faithfulness to each one of us through the years. Would you go with us today? Would you be with us? Would you fill our cars? Would you fill our homes? Would you fill our hearts? In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. Guys, have a great week. We love you.